Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Welcome to Filthy Shambles, Season 2, Episode 33. Right, so my weekend was pretty decent, to be fair. I wasn't online. I had some personal and family uh, stuff that I had to uh, to be completely uh, centric to. So I didn't actually watch the game. And in fact, aside from the score, which is probably the most important thing, uh, the goal scorer and the injury news, I don't know anything about it. And I've kind of done that on purpose. I, I thought I'd try something a little bit different. Um... Obviously, it's not something I had planned. And for first-time listeners, I'm either at the game or I'm watching it live on a TV. So, so, so don't um, or on a dodgy stream. So, don't think this is what I do every week. Uh, I'm not watch the game, even though that would be the optimum thing to do at the minute following Tottenham. Um, so, the, in this episode, it's going to be me asking a lot of a lot of questions, which means the pressure is all on you, Dan. So, welcome, mate. Yeah, cheers. I hope, I hope you're, you're right. ready. I'm, listen, I'm okay for a number of reasons. Like I was shocked when I saw that kind of notification come through at half time. I, I was like, "What the actual fuck? Three one down at half time to Honestly. Leicester. What is going on?" And and um and then obviously later on, I saw that it finished four one. I was gobsmacked. And uh, but obviously, again, well, maybe not so obvious to everyone listening. I kind of just make it, made a decision. Don't log on. Don't look at your tweets. Don't look at your feed. Don't look at. Don't even watch match of the day. Go into the podcast on on Monday from from a completely different perspective to what I normally would do, and 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 see how it washes over me because I'm kind of over it because I don't know anything about it. So no doubt I'm about to get triggered for the next hour. Um, I where do we even start? I mean, like. I, okay, we took the lead, right? So arguably, up until they equalised, things must have been going all right. So, like, what happened? I mean, I was trying to follow it in a chat, like, because I was trying to, I was desperate to try and find out, like, you know, some form of watching the game and couldn't. Um, of and then in the end, I thought I'll just crack on with me afternoon and I'll try and sort of keep up on the old Sky Sports app commentary and whatever I'm getting in the WhatsApp. And then I see the one nil up, Benton Core think. Brilliant. That that's probably just just go from there. Then you know, I thought it was just going to be business as usual when I saw yeah. that. I thought we've had Leicester's number for a, quite a, pretty much since they won the league. We've had their number basically, and there's this, this game is always madness. Like there's always goals in it, um, and I thought, oh, we'll just kick on from there. And then when I saw that they'd equalised quite quickly, it, obviously you know, I'm not watching the game and I'm only going off WhatsApp and I'm sitting there thinking, oh, it's probably just a bit against the run of play or something. But then for a, literally within two minutes to be free one, I thought, hang on, that it's going to be one of them days now, isn't it? Like, this is going completely the other You've way. You've got to see the footage though, right? You've actually sat down and I've watched seen the, the game. Hi- yeah, and no, I've seen the highlights, like, both on, like, Match of the Day and, um, like, just on Sky Sports highlights straight after on the app and just... Just wanted to make sure the listeners know that one of us watched the game. So uh, mate, it's just a pretty weird. I, I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know how, how you managed to go back to watching the highlights. And for anyone that, that went to the game, we know Chris, Geordie Spur, 
Spurs went to the game and I think he walked out at half time. He just could not be asked. He does that a lot, bless him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can you do when 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 Tottenham are rinse and repeat at the minute? It's like it's a little well, bit. Well, he knows. Different. He obviously knows, doesn't he? He obviously like he's seen. He's like, no, I've, I don't need to stay. I've seen this before. <laughs> exactly. He 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 he's read the script. He's watched the 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 the, the play, the TV show, and the movie. And it's it's the, the exact same narrative with the, the exact same conclusion. You kind of know when Spurs have shot themselves in the foot, th- there is no late game dramatics. And I kind of sense that from from yourself. I, I mean, obviously, you know, before we sat down to re- record, there were we we're kind of pulling together a running order, and I kind of sensed uh, this is going to be one of those games where you could you could. You could write a list, and it's the same list that you could write for these type of performances time and time again. It's the same tropes that we seem to uh, to default to. Um, mm. Like, okay, so we go one nil up. So what 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 were Spurs doing right up until that point? Were Leicester simply not in the game? Was it was it a swing of uh, like in terms of momentum? Did it swing based on on confidence off the back of? their equaliser and then a lack of reaction from us in, in terms of, of trying to regroup and just make sure that we get a stranglehold in the game again? It's hard to say, isn't it? Like, Because we scored pretty much the same time. I think we scored the 14th minute, so basically the same as when we scored our goal against City the weekend before. And, like, yeah. yeah. It's so hard to say. I mean, all I can say is, is that when I saw that starting lineup, I was nervous as fuck. Like, because I thought, because I thought he, I thought he'd chuck Sanchez in as, as instead of Romero. We knew Romero weren't going to play, and I thought that he would just go with Sanchez because I mean, Sanchez is the is the understudy, right? Like, whenever someone's injured, he he comes in. That's what he, that was his job last season, and he went. I think it was something stupid like ten hours without conceding a goal or losing yeah. a match or something yeah. like that. Like we, 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 he'd had a really good run last season, but that was fine because he wasn't being relied upon as a main centre back. It was just coming in every now and then. So I was prepared for that. But then when I saw Tanganga starting, I was, I was trying to be honest with you. I was in the chat. I was in. I was trying to be quite optimistic about it and just say, look, he just intrigues me, Tanganga, because I've seen him have amazing games against Liverpool and Man City specifically, and I just thought that like he's only got to come in just for this game. He done all right against. I know it's. I know Preston is not the same as Leicester City. I'm well aware of that, but I know I think Leicester have been they've quietly sort of turned a bit of a corner since the World Cup, and I think their results ain't been too bad. Yeah, and they've sort of changed their shape a bit, and they've started going with like I think they've got this Tete in, and Ianacho's found a bit of form. Madison's obviously back fit, and Barnes. He's, I don't I don't think he's. I mean, that Barnes he's a good player, but I don't think he's as like. His inconsistency is what lets him down, right? So he, he'll sort of like show up every now and then, and people will talk about him, but he'll go missing for another few weeks. Won't oh he? yeah, it's a highlights so, player. Yeah, 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 exactly that. But they, I think everything just clicked for them, obviously on the day. But I mean, having said that, we looked so poor defensively that the there was a catalogue of errors, and like it was, it was probably the worst I've seen this season. Like, work, like that's the second time we've conceded four this season. Um, the first time was against City, but this was worse than that. It was calamitous. But, but, okay, so he, here's the thing, right? We know we need centre backs. We know we need we we need we need players that can defend, right? And 
And perhaps when people do bring out that classic line, it's the players, it's the players, it's never the manager's fault, it's the players' fault. I, I mean, how much of that do you buy into off the back of these type of performances? Is it simply the case that the backup players are just not good enough, that there's that Spurs are in a desperate need for a refresh, not just into not just the first team back four or back three, however however we shape up with wing backs. Is it a case that Spurs need to do more? You know, I mean, they need to they need to do something mm. with the fact that we are still looking at Tanganga and Sanchez and and pushing Eric Dyer back in there every single time. I know Dyer obviously does play for the first team. But we, we can see how better he is in a more progressive role, in a more aggressive role even. Like, does it just come down to the fact that these players, they don't play often enough? You know, there's no real synergy. Or have they been with us for so long? It's gone the opposite direction. That any well, any synergy that we should have has just turned to mush because it's just, it's almost like we get brain-dead performances from from anyone that we stick in the back. I mean, we, we, we didn't play Emerson, right? We, we get on to mm. our new signing momentarily, but we didn't play Emerson, mm. who has looked really, really good defensively for the past uh, several games. Mm. Um, and you almost, I'm sure some people celebrated the fact he wasn't selected because they still want to run with the narrative that he's just, he's rubbish as well. Um, and then we, and then, and then we concede form we, and we look, you know, according to yourself and, and other people that have given me snippets of info, uh, we, we just look absolutely fucking dreadful. And I've, we've asked some questions and, and and I can see from the questions that the mood is is almost this kind of... I guess realisation isn't the right word because like we, we kind of know that this is the default crap Spurs performance that you can default back to who, who we're playing. Look, is it just down to these players as a group? They can't pull themselves together and and perform with discipline, or is is this is this something that Conte has to take um, responsibility for? Just in terms of how we shape up, it's not so much play these players, but it's it's also how are these players meant to be played? Yeah, I think just tactically, at- formation wise. Yeah, if you look at it like on like an overview, yeah, like if you go across, if you look across the season, the performances and the kind of like what we end up achieving at the end of the season, we don't know what that will be yet. Like, I think strategically in terms of what happens in the club, Daniel Levy is ultimately responsible for a lot of things that happen because he's the overseer, right? Like he employs the manager, but he also is the one is responsible for making sure that the stuff is the, the infrastructure is there to make sure that the manager gets the players he wants and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So when you then look at like just consistently the players that we've got playing and letting us down, like Tanganga, like Sanchez, even Dyer to a certain extent, because he's he, he's he never has a perfect full season. Dyer, let's fa- let's be honest, and and Ben Davis was a backup originally promoted to a first team player and we, and there's a and there's a common theme there that we've had that in a few positions for years now haven't we of our backups becoming our starters um and we don't properly refresh the squad or reinvest where we need to so that's the kind of like overview side of it but when you go game by game you have to just criticize the manager and the players on the day as a collective it's it's not just content it's not just the players it is a collective right they're all supposed to do a job yeah. and when they don't all do their job this is the but, sort of shit that happens but, but how do we go from city the city performance accomplished performance at home 
where we haven't been that great this season. We're usually better away from home because maybe there's less pressure, right? Um, and the onus is on the home side to try and dictate the tempo. And we, we, but we did it last reason, season. We did it last season. We beat City away 3-2 last season. And then we went and fucking lost to Burnley where he had his absolute meltdown, Conte. Like, I don't blame him for having a meltdown at that time because it was just like, we get so frustrated as fans. Like, I don't understand how they can go from one to the next like with such drastic differences in performances like it's it, we've seen this so much and it's just it re- it really worries me and i mean when you look at the players that we've that have let us down time and time again we've had a f- quite we've had quite a few changes of managers in the last couple in the last few yeah. years now like all of those managers have probably we've i think these players have looked poor under all their managers right mm. like that's not that's fair to say with a mm. lot of those defenders especially you've got romero and then, and he's the only one comparable to Toby and Yan. The only one, ability-wise. There yeah, is yeah. then a massive yeah, chasm. There is then a massive chasm between him and, I'll be honest, all of them after that. All of them. But what... Okay, so hold on a minute. Let, 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 let's just just pick up what you're saying, right? Because this... this. I mean, I've got some abuse. When I did log on to social media yesterday, there's there's some guy that just... Guess he's stalking me. I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I don't follow him, and this guy's <laughs> constantly sending me messages. And he said, like, uh, he said something like, um, "I don't understand how pricks like you have got a platform." And sorry, that's like, my account I use when I'm drunk. Sorry, <laughs> it's your burner account. That'd be fair <laughs> enough, actually. I am a bit, a bit of a prick, but it, it, it's it, he. He's banging on about something that I might have said a while ago, where I was critical of Mourinho and. Not so much in defence of the players. I'm just saying that everybody's accountable. That there is this, like you said, there's a responsibility. It, it goes beyond just it's the players or the manager. There can be something in the middle of both of those things. And sometimes, you know, like if you're in a relationship, it can be either you or the, the your partner that's that's problematic. But it can also be that you're both just not suited for each other, right? So Mourinho's football was very much like a downgraded version of Conte's. Like there weren't really any automations. There weren't it was literally uh play the high line, counter score, sit back. And often you heard the same thing that you hear now, the manager saying that's not how we're meant to be playing and the player saying that's not how we intend to play. Right, and people go, "Oh, what does this mean? What does this mean?" It's not that hard to decipher. Surely it means the players are uncomfortable with what they're being asked to do, and it's a polite way of saying that we're not really we're playing with so many restrictions that we're not able to be flexible enough and expansive enough to actually play to our strengths. And I'm really dumbing it down now, right? And the same thing could apply for Conte that he's giving them instructions that he he knows if they work the team will work and be effective, but it doesn't work because maybe the players are not elite in every position and therefore can't can't play the type of football that he's demanding. So I, I, I appreciate that somewhere in the middle, there, there, there's this kind of, there's just this inability for us to have the capacity to play to our full strength. Now, yes, we have players that are arguably not great players and players that, like you said, there's a gulf between our top players and our poor players. But I, I, I did see someone say in a, in, a, in a chat group that Kane was absolutely abysmal uh, in the game as well. So we, we've, we've got top, top players, 
that are also switching off with everybody else. And I've, I, I can't look away. You know, I, I have to say, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to target Conte here and, and ignore the players. I think, like I said, it's somewhere in the middle. But Conte's the one that can dictate how we sit up and, and the tempo of how we play football and mm. the way we we react to things. And it just it's interesting that these players have come into heavy criticism under Mourinho, under Conte, who are very similar in the type of like anti-football, if, if you want to call it that, whatever you want to call it, that they play, that we know is very effective, you know, has been very effective in the past. So... I'm not. I'm not really asking a question here. I guess I'm just saying that it's until we kind of replace the top, the the the, the key players that we need that need replacing, or rather, the lack of key players. If we would play the shit players, the deadwood, if you want to be as brutal as you wish to be, then then we're we we're better, right? Or are we? If we had top quality players, if if we had, does, is it as easy as saying if we had Yan at the back or Ledley King at the back, whatever? If we just had really top draw defenders does the football still produce the goods I mean I guess that's what we're hoping to find out under Conte otherwise it's all changing the summer again and, and, and off we go in another direction yeah I, I yeah I, I I do think it is a simple that I'm not being funny if you plucked a prime Yan and Toby and put them into this team now and you had that them and Romero's a back three hmm I do think I mean, the conversation is completely that. different. Yeah. No, it is, but like, I, it is easy that, to that, say that is, but that is the, that is what we had, and now look at what we have, and it's there's just such a stark difference there that I don't understand, like what we was thinking in the summer of just bringing Longley in on loan who didn't even play, and like we needed to buy mm. two centre backs. We went in and we didn't buy a centre back. We then decided not to do it in January as well when we could see. I get that the club probably went in with a plan, yeah, of what they wanted to do in the summer, what they then wanted to do in this January, then what they wanted to do in the next summer. Ali Gold was referring to it. He was saying we wanted to get a right wing back and an additional forward this window and then the two centre-backs in the summer. I get that, but then plans must change when you can see that there's an absolute, like, you know, there's just, we don't have what we need to be able to achieve what we want to this season. I, I mean, I guess that's the criticism aimed at, you know, the chairman and the, and the board that, well, whoever's um, in charge of the recruitment, right? So if it's yeah, him, if yeah, it's Paratici, yeah. like, I just think they should have realised, like, bit flexed more and realised that we need to change our plans here. It's a bit like your targets change throughout the season. If you're overperforming and all of a sudden, like, you can go for, I don't know, the title or top three or something like that, that you would you then try to adjust your targets based on that, don't you? You don't yeah. sit there and say, we'll still fit, we'll still take top six because we look really on course for that now. Oh, that's rubbish. You've got to just go for the situation uh, you're in. I, yeah, I think this is, I think, I mean, obviously this is the, the the issue that I have with the board and the chairman. You know, it's just this, uh, you just have to be agile. You have to be uh, very self-aware and very re, uh, proactive, you know. And how, 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 how are you proactive? Well, you've literally explained it, you know. You actually, you know, you look at, you see what you, you see where you're at and what needs improving and you work out whether you can do something immediately. Now, maybe, maybe they're really, really ambitious and the players that they want to bring in who will cost a pretty penny can't be got until the summer. So then there's a sacrifice in that. Now, how are you, 
have transparency over that, I do not know. It's not like people want Levy to talk more, the club to talk more. I don't think they can come out and say, well, actually, we do have a couple of players that we, we're, we're, we're going to buy, but we're going to buy them in the summer. That's never going to happen. So no. I kind of I understand it, it's, it's, it's difficult from the perspective of us not really knowing what it is they're thinking. We hope, I mean, they must see what we see. They must understand that this is not good enough to just just to go back to these 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 uh you know the you know these players feel like they're they're jobbers on the WWE uh, wrestling circuit if any uh wrestling nonces out there listening to this you'll understand what I'm talking about but people that just are there to fill up the numbers to to lose fights to get other wrestlers you know to to kind of progress their uh their career path and it feels like Sanchez and Tanganga are players that should be playing week in week out for other football clubs i would say below our standards and i don't mean that disrespectfully to other football clubs but we should be aiming a lot higher um and why why we don't in in the immediacy of of a potential problem crisis whatever you want to call it you know I don't know. I don't know whether it is it is down to the fact that we cannot sign our targets in the same way that Chelsea might be. I don't think Chelsea really have any targets other than let's spend 500 million, 300 million in this window. I think that was their tactic. And they're just collecting players like football stickers. I think with Spurs, we do have to be a little bit more careful with what we're, with what we're doing. And I know that winds people up as well, because that's probably the thing that holds us back. Uh, but we do we do need a massive massive change. Now we did sign someone. Pedro Pedro Poro came in right wing back, and um, again something that I read in in chat today um, had an absolutely horrendous debut. Uh, couldn't defend <laughs> to save his life. Well, I mean, what what the, f- the fucking hell happened here? I mean, oh, I think what? you just got you just got to sort of write it off, haven't you? Like, I, yeah, he's going yeah, to be he's going right to be easy. I I would never. Like, I'm never, oh, hold on, write the player criticize. off or, or write the performance off? Oh, all of it. No, I'm joking, joking. <laughs> so uh, he's definitely someone that you're just going to have to give him loads of time, isn't you? Like, I would, I would be expecting him to be hitting his stride within the last few games of the season, if, if yeah. you get what I mean. Like, that closing part of the season, I would expect him to be starting most of the games and basically just doing what he does best. But it sounded like he just lost the ball a lot. He's probably... The thing is, the Portuguese league, I ain't being funny, I know a few players come from there, but there's... Is a, there's a there's a massive contrast between that and the Premier League in terms of pace, physicality, and you know as, they're the main two attributes, aren't they? And I think that he he's just going to have to adjust to that. I still think Emerson will probably play. Well, he'll play on Tuesday without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and I think that you know Porro's going to get plenty of game time because with Sessegnon injured, um, I think Perisic can't play every game. So you're going to be seeing games where Emerson's playing on. The, the the left at times probably and Poro on the right or something like that, um, so I, it it'll be all right. I, it just sounds like it was a bit of a nightmare debut, which, which wasn't helped by the fact that his teammates were playing like utter shite as well. So I got I got a question from Mix who asked how bad the Conte's choice of subs, how bad do you honestly think the tactics were that he employed once again that gave Leicester a pretty easy ride, and he also says. His opinion, I'd hazard a guess, we will do well tomorrow, which is when we play AC Milan, uh, because there's two players in midfield that don't stick to his game plan. Um, obviously, you know, we had the, the the City game under Stellini, where he 
spoke to, spoke with Eric Dyer and they they came up with this kind of expansive push into midfield to make to have three many midfield to support the midfield against uh, City and not be outnumbered. And you, you're thinking, I oh, I oh, oh, this is a little bit tasty. This this kind of like you know we're getting a little insight into you know the the coaching and the players talking about how to fix problems i don't know if that's a, a good idea to make all that stuff public and then we, we you know conte's back was conte actually in the dugout then yes but he he weren't i don't he I couldn't up. tell you if i couldn't see if he was up on his feet and doing stuff i don't think he was because he didn't do any press like at all no, or he anything didn't. I, I think yeah, i think he was I, just I basically in the well. building yeah I think it was basically just in the building, right, but okay. I think Dyer, that thing with Dyer, he was doing that in the game, like still. But that's what was getting him caught out in this game, un- annoyingly. So it seemed like they found this tactic which was going to work against City, but clearly it just wasn't meant to be in this Leicester game. And obviously, tactically, Leicester and City are very different teams, aren't they? So I don't know. It was just one that it didn't yeah, work, and so- he really got caught out for one of the goals because he went so far full out of the back line when they sort of passed it through to, I don't know who it was, I think it was Ian Acho or something like that. And Tenganga came across to basically cover Dyer's position, but that just left Madison free. And then that was it, goal. So we got, so for the sounds of it, we got slapped about, we got bullied, and we helped Leicester by just making uh, mistakes. I'm guessing that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So textbook Tottenham. So I mean, what what was the midfield like? I mean, I, I mean, we can't not talk about the midfield without talking about the fact that you know Bentoncourt, uh has done his ACL. He's out for the rest of the season. He's out potentially for seven months, which will take him to pre-season. If I've done my maths right, well, he's uh, going to be out probably until September. October, something like that. Oh I think it'll be it'll, God, it'll be no, next season. It'll, it'll, it'll be next season before he's back. And that to is make absolutely worse, devastating. I Spurs Simpsons uh, Ross asks, how many injuries are we away from a full blow from full blown hysteria? I mean, I think we're probably already there. To be fair, but it, we're we're, oh, we're, at, we're at that stage past hysteria. We're going through the five stages of grief. We're probably right through to the end of them as well. I think we're probably at acceptance uh, at the minute. But <laughs> mate, like. Do, <laughs> List we... this off, right? Beginning of sorry, but the beginning of last week, we were we had everyone fit, buzzing. Yeah, we were buzzing. buzzing. Everyone's fit. We go into the game. We've got no Hugo for six to eight weeks. We've got no prognosis on Bissouma, who's had surgery on his foot. Sessignon's injured for six to eight weeks as well, randomly again because he knew as he usually is at some point in the season, and. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing someone else here, but then now Benton calls out as well. So, but that's mental. It's like we had, <laughs> we literally even. I remember Spurs official doing a tweet saying, you know, like pre-game, whatever game it was, saying like, "There's, we've got a full squad. You know, everyone's back, everyone's available." It's like fuck. Second half of the season, I spent the first half of the season talking about the second half of the season saying that that's when that's when Spurs were going to wake up and we were going to we were going to kind of pull together and we were going to push on the fitness was going to come into it from from you know pre-season that's all a load of bollocks now it's just it's just cartoon predictions from myself I just completely got it wrong I mean yes you can't legislate for a lot of injuries yes you could argue that often we have players that play with injuries. Basuma is someone who I'm sure was carrying a knock 
for a while and and the surgery that he's had was was basically to do with that 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 kind of um, it sounds like it yeah in, injury it's a, right it's a, so, it's a stress fracture yeah so it, it doesn't mean that it's been like an impact which has done it it's like something that basically exactly. over forms time. over time yeah. so what what maybe we've been injecting him all this time like i don't know what the policy is because i'm not i'm not i'm not medically trained right I don't know whether some of these uh, some of these injuries it's the norm for for players to play on because it's like let's see how you're getting on you know maybe you don't train as much as the other guys injection here injection there you should be okay you'll work through it and you'll be fine I don't know I don't know whether it's easy to say right let's have the surgery now I don't know whether they have to wait for a point where it's right you cannot play football anymore you need to have it again I'm really dumbing it down because I don't know enough about it. But it feels like we find ourselves in the in this position time and time again. The amount of injuries we've got as well to uh, important players. I mean, Bentoncourt. I mean, what the fuck are we going to do now? I mean, it's a, September, October next year. Like, is probably when I'm going to upgrade my iPhone again. Do you know what I mean? And it feels so. I should far I should stress distance. this 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 calendar year, not not <laughs> not next year, next year. But like, it'll yeah, be yeah, October sorry. This year. Um, <laughs> Next season, yeah. next season. Do you mean? Yeah, I just meant. Yeah, I meant next season, not next year. That would. God, uh, could you imagine if he was out that long? Like, you just buy another midfielder, wouldn't you? Right, but that's my question, though. Do do we do we surely? I mean, okay, we've got between now and the end of the season to see what Sar can do. Skip. I don't know who else is an option right now, but well, it's, it's three identical players now, isn't it? Yeah, it's exactly. Hoybier, Sar and Skip. I mean. Bentacor had something different to him, right? He had he, yeah, he no, had something uh, different to him, silk wise, possession wise, the way he attacked into the into the final third. He's just a, he just had a little bit extra about yeah, him. Yeah, he's know? so good, man. I think he I think honestly with him being gone, I think he's that I genuinely think it's going to be almost impossible to reach top four without him now because he's contributed with a lot of goals for. Um, I mean, we've we've gone from like having no goal scoring midfielders to two in him and Hoybier this year, but his kind of like goal contributions and how he contributes to the press, he basically sets the press off all the time, isn't he? Like he's the first one, and then the rest follow. Yeah. Um, I just think we're really going to lack his in his um his industry, if you like, in midfield. So do we need do we need to buy big? Do we need to buy big again? I mean, we surely we need we we can't not buy a midfielder in the summer anyway. Right. Well, I we... suppose it depends on how well Bissouma does when he gets back, doesn't it? Like, we don't know when he's going to be back yet. I'm assuming they think he'll be back before the end of this season with quite a bit to go, given the, the, the fact they've done the surgery now. Because yeah. it doesn't make sense to take him out between now and the end. Like, if you just, if you was voluntarily putting him in for surgery now, knowing that there's a risk that he won't play between now and the end of the season, that would seem daft to me. So I would imagine he's going to be back at some point, but I think it depends how well, how much faith they place in him, and how well he actually does between now and the end of the season as well. Do you know how frustrating this is, right? Because I just momentarily forgot about Basuma. We were talking about him five minutes ago, and it just feels like we haven't even had him this season, right? He yeah, was injured. He came into the team, you know, a lot later than we thought he would because Conte kept referring to you know a lack of tactical awareness, just in terms of what he was asking him to do in training. He wasn't. I guess he has to get get up to speed. It feels like he's been constrained because because of that uh, as well. When you know it's not the Basuma that we we saw at Brighton, um, 
add factor in, you know, that you could argue this about one or two players that we've signed that we've not really seen the best of them. So as much as that we do need to add to the squad in the summer, it also feels like injuries aside, when we go into next season, that we actually are not just looking forward to seeing new players come in, but the players that we've had this season that haven't quite settled kind of give us what we need from them. Mm. Um, because it has been stop, start, stop, start. And and yeah, we spoke about it's the players' fault and it's the manager's fault. There's all these de- debates and discussions we can have around it. But it feels like if you don't have a settled squad, which I think one or two other teams do and have been able to kind of build their momentum off the back of it, you're going to have this kind of fragmentation across the season. And I think Spurs have illustrated that. What's frustrating is that we can still qualify for the Champions League. It's not frustrating. It's actually ridiculous that, we, yeah. that we're thinking that. We, we, we're coming to that momentarily. Like Just to go back to what Mix asked, just around the, the Conte substitutions. I mean, how, how do you think he's handling all this in terms of being reactive in-game, in-game management-wise? And what was he like after the game? Because after the game, I know he made a comment about, um, uh, you know, conceding four goals like this. It's not happened before. I don't know if he was also referring to the City game. Uh, but I think no, you've so done some he, digging yeah, around so he that. Could, I, that stuck with me ever since. So he said, he didn't say that after this game because he didn't speak after the game, but he said it after the Chelsea, the City game, sorry, um, when we, we, we lost 4-2. Right. Now, yeah, okay. I've, I've gone through. Sense. I've gone through like the bit of history, like of his results as a manager, like earlier today. And I mean, if he's, if he's, I suppose this is where like he's, I've, I've, I've either, I've either misinterpreted what he said or he's, or he's fucking lying because I, I was trying to think that he was saying he hasn't conceded. I thought he was basically saying that he hasn't ever conceded this amount of goals or he suffered a defeat that was this many goals conceded before, i.e., like four. Well. Obviously, we've now lost four-one to Leicester, so fair enough. Like that's that's still with us, and our pros, fans would probably say that that's just down to our players. But he conceded four for, as Chelsea manager away at Watford, five in the Community Shield against Arsenal, four against Florence for Juve, four against Sassuolo for when he was Siena manager. So he's got past in this. Now I don't know if he was saying he's not lost in this way of being. 4-2 down after being 2-0 up, maybe that's what he meant there. I certainly don't think... I think he'd probably be thinking the same in this Leicester game by the sounds of it then, if we're 1-0 up and lose 4-1. Yeah, I, I think with the City game, yeah, he probably... He might have been referring to the fact we were 2-0 up and, 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 and I guess Conte teams, 2-0 up, they close the game and it's and it's done and dusted. But, but you look at the shape he plays. I was looking... It, so that thing, it was on. that's on transfer market. Uh, on that site where, yeah. uh, where it had all the results on there of his record as a manager all the seasons and then it basically lists the formation as well now yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that he basically through all of them he's always played a back three but he doesn't always play a 3-4-3 three, three. It, it baffles me that we play 3-4-3 three, three so much because all of his teams they've all been like an either I mean one of them one of them was listed like 3421 which is basically a 433 kind of thing because you got your two tens and your striker right but he he played 352 a lot as well and we've never seen that anywhere near as much as I thought we would given the amount of central midfielders we've got and the fact that you've got Bissouma, Bentoncourt and Hoybier and that can be quite a decent midfield trio because it has looked it at times when we've seen it 
Um, and then it gives you a chance to rest the likes of... If you don't want to play Richarlison instead of Son, it gives you a chance to rest Son and play Kane and Richarlison or Kane and Kulisevsky or Kane and Son as a pairing instead of playing Son wide. Like, it just gives you an extra dynamic, doesn't it? And then when you look at the subs, I mean, I don't understand how he's not making a sub. Like, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't make any changes at half-time. I know he did one. He took uh, Porro off... I want to say, um, at half-time. Maybe that's the only one. But the only, after that, I don't think he made any um, subs until about like the 70th minute or something like that. And you're thinking, like, sorry, no, I was right. He didn't make any subs until the 75th minute. He took, Emerson, he took put Emerson on for Porro and he took Perisic um, off for Richarlison. So he obviously went a bit more. I think he put another forward on. Basically, it's late in the game though, and and obviously he's got but, form for but, this. And yeah, and and like go back to earlier in the early stages of the season, Spurs. When 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 we push into the opposition half, we 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 have so much quality about us that movement wise, the, the players that we have up top, that we can score goals. Right, we can be really aggressive, and often games. You know, if you start a certain way, the, everything that you've you've trained for, everything that you've prepared for, the kind of conditioning that goes into, you know, into in, into into the week before you play that game on the weekend, it goes out the window because because you, you you've almost surrendered the tempo to the opposition, and you you watch games. You know, the, you know we can think. Uh, you know, there's been games this season, Crystal Palace away, I think maybe Fulham away. You can see how you know the opposition have the possession for twenty minutes, have good form, um, playing the ball about really well. But but we kind of hold our our position, and we soak it up, and then we 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 get the ball back in possession, and then we we're the ones instigating on the front foot and 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 causing problems. And the, the, you know, football games can be like boxing fights, you know, and there's a flurry of punches, and then you know. You're the one trying to land the knockout punch. I think with Spurs, as everybody would probably admit to and agree to, often we go out and we're just hanging off the ropes immediately. Like rope a dope. Mm. Like first round. You don't need to do you don't need to do that. Just you, you do that tactically later on and slap them one. Like not and and, and, and there must be on a psychological level. You know, and and again, you saw this under Mourinho, and I'm not saying we didn't see under Poch, who was arguably a more um, uh, kind of forward-thinking type of forward-thinking. You know, his football was on the front foot more often than not. But the problem with the Pochettino team is that it started to degrade for a multitude of reasons long before he he was sacked, and. I don't think it's comparable. I mean, what what we should have done at the end of that season is overhauled immediately, and we didn't. And we brought in uh, Mourinho to reboot, and that didn't work. And then Nuno, and and I don't know what he was trying to do with Nuno. And then Conte. It feels, again, it it comes back to the the, the poor management decisions on on a board level. You know, here's a bunch of players you're going to inherit. Try and get the best out of them. One last chance. They had their last chance. Their last chance was the last season under Poch. That was it. And 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 what we did to try and repair that, 
unfortunately, spending over 100 million on two players who are now out on loan, who we can't appear to get any money for. Um, that that was almost like the the last big mistake that kind of fucked everything up for for Spurs, and we've not been able to progress from that point onwards. It's you know, it's the same thing. We always come back down to the same conclusion, right? Spurs need a lot of work, and that work for us is seeing players come in who are better than the players that we have, and and we've not been able to see that properly this season for. For a, for many many reasons, and we've never really had a fit first eleven long enough to actually see what they're capable of doing. I've got Craig Rogers asking, "It's June 2023. Spurs have finished fifth, won the FA Cup, and Conte contract is up. It's done. There is another 150 million to spend in the summer. What do you do? Um, Conte's gone in the summer, right? Are you still mm. feeling that?" Yeah, I, I think that's the case. Um, unless something, you're talking like winning the Champions League or finishing top four and a cup for him to stay. In my opinion, um, I, I, I don't know how much of any of that can happen. I think maybe we could win a trophy um, and finish outside the top four is probably the most likely scenario, or nothing at all. And if either of those things happen, I think he's going to go anyway. And I'm not yeah, saying that I'll yeah. begrudge him. I think he's had so much happen this season. He's I get that he's like away from his family and stuff like that. I genuinely don't know how much like about that that, that how much of that sort of stuff genuinely affects him. Like I imagine it would yeah. affect most normal people, but these yeah. aren't normal people. Like these are people yeah. who work in jobs that require them to be in sometimes not the country that they are like from, right? Like he's been in I don't understand why that would be a thing. He's managed in England before with Chelsea. Yeah. Like why why is that any different to now? I don't. I don't think it's to do with that. I think it's more just the point that he he just probably will think he can't do anything with this lot. Um, and even if he stays to get backed, we if say they exercise that option to extend his contract by another year, the same conversations. Unless he signs a new a new longer term deal, Spook, these same conversations are going to keep going all season. We're going to get to January next year, and it'll be contracts up in the summer is he going this to stay is, or go Something this is the problem say. mate i think this is the problem i think sometimes it's the energy around a football club like there's this almost there's this aura that you need everyone's buying for right you need everyone i'm not saying it's always the case you're always going to have little bumps and little moments where you just have to you have to persevere and work through them but it doesn't feel like that now with Spurs. As, as much as i have been someone who has bang the drums for, for, for us to stick, you know, to stick and to persist because usually we react, we sack and we, we, we reappoint. And the problem with that is that we reappoint someone new and ask them to do the same thing we've asked the previous guy to do. So if we if we appoint someone new after Conte and we say, here's here's the squad, do something with them, that's not the right way to do it. It's it's the, whoever takes a job should be able to say, I want my own squad I want I, we need five six seven players and and how long is it going to take for you to bring in those players how long are you going to agree that you're giving me to 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 mold the team into into one that's going to play the football that I need them to play etc 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 the problem now is there's so many, so many contradictions around you know the infamous Spurs DNA quote the Levy gave um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't align to what we're seeing, right? And 
and Conte doesn't quite align to the club in the right way as much as I think the guy has got a lot about him. I, it, it's it's at the point now where it's just a struggle for everyone. It's a struggle. Look, listen to my voice. It's a struggle for me trying to repeat this same discussion point where I'm trying to remain balanced. I'm trying to remain in the middle. I'm trying to I'm trying to have strong opinions. And, you know, it's not that people often think, oh, you're just too scared to say how you feel. This is how I fucking feel. I like, I'm I'm as fed up as people with Enoch out bedsheets outside the ground, right? But I just see things a little bit different, a little bit more pragmatically and not just make a change. Yeah, but what is that change you're, you're, you're forcing or wanting? Like the, the change has to be significant and it has to be meaningful. Um, Sev asks... Will Conte get sacked if we lose to West Ham and Chelsea? I know, right? I mean, they're two massive derby games. They're both at home, one weekend after the other. Um, Chelsea have been dog shit as well, haven't they? I mean, I don't think he gets sacked. Yeah, they're both not great, but they, you know what we know. We've seen this before, Spook. They, they they'll turn up against us. They always fucking do. Um, they they could be like bottom of the league, the pair of them, and they would turn up against us, looking like Champions League winners or something, wouldn't they? Um, I don't know that he would be sacked whilst we're still in two competitions. I think that whilst we're still well three, whilst we're still in the Champions League and the FA Cup, I think that's what's keeping him in the job. Um. I think as soon as the, I think as soon as you're not in trophy competitions and top four is looking extremely unlikely, he's gone. Because that's the minimum expectation from Levy, isn't it, and the club? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's not going to help us right now, is it? As well, like it feels like if we brought someone, someone in for the for the rest of the season. I mean, what are we? Are we, are we really reliant on a new manager bounce? And what's that new manager going to do between now and the end of the season? I mean, he might get and play an expansive football, to be fair. But it's the same players Conte has right now, right? And and the, and the players we have, unfortunately, we're missing really important elements. Not just Benton Core and what he brings to solidify the midfield, but also we don't have an attacking midfielder. You know, we don't have a Ericsson or a Madison, like kind of a, a Maverick style galvaniser, you know, that can do something a little bit different. Um, even though we do have a fair few amount of forwards now, uh, Dan Dan Juma didn't play on on the weekend. I'm guessing. No, he came involved. on. No, he came right. on on the. I, for, I forgot about the guy. I, for, I forgot about him as well. I forgot about everyone. <laughs> I haven't forgotten <laughs> about Dre though. I never forget about Dre. <laughs> no, he came on. Um, he came on the 79th minute. So I assume we were just fucked by that point, wouldn't we? Um, yeah, I, I mean that's what you're going to do. You're going to kick the ball about a bit. Um, Look, the, the the good thing is football comes at you thick and fast. We're playing AC Milan on Tuesday. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, Tuesday, Champions League. Um, so, and then we've got, we've got the Derby games that, that obviously everybody needs to be up for the Derby games as well. I know we just said West Ham, Chelsea, their form has been a bit dodgy. So has our form. It's hard to predict these games. Both those teams love, like you said, turning up against Tottenham. Um, we just want Tottenham to turn up for Tottenham. Like, yeah. I don't, don't fucking care about the opposition at this point. Turn up and turn someone over. And, and, then, and then 
it's amazing. A few weeks ago, we didn't just have a fully strength team squad. We had hope. I even posted about it. I actually mugged, I mugged myself off so much. I actually tweeted something about. I got a good feeling. I got. I think. I think that good feeling is just. I need back surgery at this point. I, th- I think I got I'm getting tingles <laughs> down my back and thinking it's, it's it's something to do with football. And I think it's just my spine giving up. Um, look, I think we'll leave it there. If you're a, if uh, you're a Patreon. Uh, there's uh, more content coming your way. There's another half an hour or so of podcasting. Uh, we delve a little bit deeper into one or two things, AC Milan preview, and um, also some some other questions that need answering as well. Um, and, yeah, so thanks again. Uh, every Monday, there will be a free-to-play edition of this podcast with the extended version of the podcast on Patreon. And also on Patreon will be the therapy sessions, which is slightly more outside of the box when it comes to Tottenham coverage. And there's other bits and pieces as well. Bare Bones podcast, which is just me rambling on for about 10, 15 minutes. And um, blogs. You know, remember those things? People used to read back in the day. Yeah. Uh, So thanks again and come and you Spurs.